I'm Michael Beck, the host of the Mike the Mike podcast. If you've been following along with me, it's great to have you back here again. And if you're listening in for the first time, welcome. This is a place to talk about the arts as well as personal well-being. Sometimes I'll talk more about art, all the times I'll talk more about mental and physical health. But regardless of the topic, I hope to encourage greater openness and understanding as I seek to better understand myself and the things and people around me. All right, I'm very glad to be back and sharing with you once again. I had the idea for another short bonus episode to be released in the meantime. While I'm working, I'm putting together another longer full-length episode. And depending how things go, I may have a couple more shorter episodes coming as need be. And although at this point, it's like, what's really the difference between a bonus episode and every other episode? I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. I'm just making this up as I go along. The podcast is always determined and affected by the state of my physical and mental well-being, um, which neither has been great as of late as I'll be sharing. And so it waxes and wanes as a result. It's good to be able to stay flexible and make adjustments on the fly. I believe that the podcast will end the day that it becomes rigid and unchanging. Even as the pace of my efforts slows and the results of my work change, the fact that I keep going, I believe, is a good sign. It's a good sign for the podcast. It's a good sign for my well-being. Even it seems that I'm really not doing well, even if I truly am not doing well, if the podcast keeps going, it's a sign of hope. With that, it's time to share with you that I've been taking psych medication, or in other words, I'm taking medicine specifically for my mental health. I don't think that I've talked so much about psych medication in the past, um, but I've been trying to be more open about it because it's something that I'm doing, and it's something that I currently has an effect on my life, and I don't feel that there should be any shame in me talking about it. Uh, if this is TMI for someone, then by all means, they can skip this one, and I hope to have them back for another episode. As I said, I've been trying to be more open to talking about this with friends. I write these episodes as though I'm talking to a friend, and so I'm going to talk a bit about it. So I've taken psych meds in the past as needed uh, when I felt that I could use some extra assistance, you might say. Um, as of late, I've you know, felt that I could use all the help that I could get. I'm still coming off the back of COVID, and since getting sick, it's been, been hard for me to tell what might be lingering symptoms of COVID and what might be symptoms of my depression. Like, am I feeling fatigued and sick because of the COVID, or is it that being depressed is causing me to feel drained of energy and feeling ill? Perhaps it's a two-for-one special. Regardless, I've been trying a new medication for about a month to try and see if that might improve my energy and give me a bit of extra motivation, because again, as I struggle with depression, it can leave me feeling exhausted and having a lack of motivation to do the things that I need to do, the things that I want to do. Unfortunately, this uh, particular medication has resulted in me experiencing some unwanted side effects. Chiefly, it was causing me to have an upset stomach, but also uh, you know, I had some reason to believe that it was contributing to my depression rather than helping to alleviate it, so not great. I've since uh, spoken to my doctor, and it was decided that I would come off the medication, and then we would look at trying something else, a different medication. I regret not asking them how long it's expected that the side effects may take to wear off, uh, but I neglected to ask and they did not say. But at the very least, at the time of this writing, I have seen signs that my stomach has finally been settling and calming down, 
And uh, I wrote uh, here on the script that I'm hoping that I will continue uh, noticing steady, gradual improvement. But I do feel like at this point, um, I'm, I'm feeling much, much better. Uh, but, you know, keep that in perspective. Like, I'm, I'm doing better than I was on the medication, but I'm still at a point where I'm still, uh, you know, would like to be better than I'm doing. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. So I shared this in so many words with a good friend of mine, and he seemed curious to know what I meant when I told him that I felt that my depression had gotten worse. It seemed like he was struggling a bit to find the words to express his questions, and I myself was a bit at a lack for words myself. Initially, he had asked me if there are different types of depression, but then he was like, I don't know what I meant by that. I know there's not different kinds. It seems like we were both simply going to dismiss it and move on, but I felt that what he was driving at was perfectly valid and worth considering. So I tried to explain that, like most things, I believe that depression is on a continuum or spectrum, and with that, certain symptoms can lessen or increase. Um, that seemed to be the best explanation that I could come up with at the time, um, at the moment. However, I've continued thinking about it what is it that I know and believe that I understand about the nature of depression? And with that, I had these thoughts that I would like to share. Depression is marked by a lack of personal motivation and feelings of hopelessness. And there's not one single face of depression or way that depression is expressed. I think that it can often look differently than we might expect. It may look like feelings of intense sadness, but it can also look like numbness or a loss of feeling of pleasure and enjoyment other things that you love. Perhaps also what is least associated with depression can be increased irritability and agitation, you know, feelings of bitterness and resentment. You know the saying, don't cry over spilled milk. Well, someone who is experiencing depression may find that literal spilled milk or other things um, that they might normally let go cause outbursts of anger and grate on their nerves. So other than looking sad, a person who's depressed may appear numb and or they may appear angry. With this, from my knowledge and experience, depression also has a way of manifesting itself in one of two ways, externally and internally. With externally, it's more than being a little sad about something, but like sadness, it's logical and understandable in the sense that you can trace its origins to some external stimuli. If a person got into a severe car accident and they were told that they would never be able to walk again, you know, they may become depressed, and that would certainly be a reasonable and understandable thing to be depressed about. Now, with internal, someone could have everything going well for them, so far as things could go well for a person, and they may still find that life is joyless and tasteless, or again, feel great anger or sadness. It's not that they need to get exercise or improve their diet. They may already be completely on top of those things. They could be a perfect specimen of physical health and still feel depressed. It's not about what they can change or do externally. Arguably, some might say that one is better or lesser than the other, but neither is easy. If the depression manifests itself externally, there are things that can be done and changed to improve their quality of life. But with the example of a person who may never walk again, for instance, there is no quick or easy path to recovery. You can't just, you know, make that hardship go away. You know, there's no magic pill which can be given to make everything better for them. Inversely, someone whose depression manifests itself uh, internally, you know, they may be a great candidate for medication, 
it, it might be that all that it takes is a small pill to make them feel like a whole new person. However, they'll always be dependent on medication. Further, finding the right medication can be very difficult. And even if someone finds a medication that works for them, it may not produce the same results forever. It's all based on chemical reactions and the way that the body responds can change. Now there are other treatments for depression besides medication alone, and research continues to be done in this field, but medication does seem to be the most common and widely used treatment at this time. And it doesn't seem like it's so cut and dry or easy to determine if there's some sort of chemical imbalance within an individual, or if it's a matter of making the right lifestyle changes. Like is it the chicken or the egg that came first? I know for me personally, sometimes it's easy enough for me to identify the things that are attributing to my depression, but other times it feels that there's seemingly nothing identifiable which can be done to change or alleviate my feelings of great loneliness, sadness, resentment, despair, and hopelessness. It's all a process of trial and error. Now getting back to what I mean when I talk about my depression becoming worse, I often find myself feeling great sadness or also feeling angry and agitated. However, exactly how often and how prolonged I experience these feelings fluctuates. The better that I'm doing, I experience more motivation, and I don't fall into a state of hopelessness and despair as easily, and when I do, I'm quicker to be able to pull myself out of it. But more or less often do I find myself feeling numb, experiencing a loss of feeling with a lack of pleasure and enjoyment of the things that I enjoy. So for me, when my depression gets really bad, I'm feeling hopelessness and despair, but it also feels like losing your sense of taste. That the things that would normally bring me joy, pleasure, and something to look forward to no longer do so or at least become lessened. Before I knew it, while I was on the medication that I was prescribed, I found myself less interested in going out for walks in nature, doing film photography, playing video games, and so on and so forth. It wasn't all at once, it crept up and snuck up on me. It was like, oh wow, this really is not good. Fortunately, I have become aware enough and can recognize the signs of depression, and so I was able to recognize it within myself, but I was also able to discuss this with my therapist, and he too took notice and was able to recognize and affirm that there appeared to be a shift in my mental state. He recognized that I had been stable for several months and suggested that the medication that I was taking may be inducing depression. Like I was saying, medication is complicated, and the crazy fact is that antidepressants can sometimes cause depression, again, amongst other negative side effects. If you've made it this far, I trust that this conversation has been of some value to you. If my assumption is not incorrect and you would like to share your appreciation, I invite you to share this episode with a friend or loved one you think might appreciate it as well. And if you have the means and would like to show your appreciation through a donation, or you'd like to buy me a coffee, I welcome you to visit mikethemike.wordpress.com forward slash support. You can find this on my website and the episode's description, as well as in the link and in the bio of my Instagram. All right, now back to the episode. I guess I'll let this say that depression is more complicated than perhaps many people take it for. It takes time and I believe that we need professionals who know what they're doing, not simply well-meaning friends and family, and certainly not gurus and social media influencers, people who don't know you and who tell you that what works for them is going to work for everyone. As much as I am a proponent of mental health professionals, 
as much as I would like to encourage and create opportunities for others to see professionals for their mental health, I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge the barriers that exist and which can stand between individuals and professional care. As time goes on and as I've been talking with friends and just hearing from people in general, I've been finding that there can be a manner of shame surrounding those who aren't seeking professional help for one reason or another. I feel like this is not without a great sense of irony, the idea that we've gone from people being shamed for seeing someone for their mental health, and now people are being shamed for not seeing someone, for the idea that people who are likely already experiencing feelings of shame are then subjected to more feelings of shame, creating a negative association with something that is meant to be a positive thing. Now I understand the frustration and despair that we can feel when you have to watch a loved one who is hurting and you just want to make it better. You just want to make their pain go away, but this is not how we help people. I don't wish to flaunt privilege and impose that on someone else by suggesting it as the only answer and solution. And ultimately, even if a person is able to seek professional help, it is a personal choice. It is a decision that the individual must come to. Speaking for myself, seeing a therapist is one of the greatest things that I've ever done for me. It is a decision that I made for myself, for myself. And I would hate to rob someone else of the opportunity to experience the same feelings of freedom and autonomy. And I don't want to undermine someone else's decision making or invalidate someone by disregarding whatever is preventing them from seeing a mental health professional, further creating distance between them. Again, I really hate to see people feeling shameful, but especially seeing people feeling shameful about something that is supposed to be a good thing, it really breaks my heart. I know that mental health professionals, counselors, psychiatrists, and psychologists, they're only human, they're not perfect, and they make mistakes just like the rest of us, just like primary care physicians and specialized doctors. But I know from experience that there are professionals out there who know a thing or two, and they're not just in it for the money. They care a lot about the people who are entrusted within their care. But again, if you've made it this far, either in this episode or in the script that I'll be sharing on my site, and you're someone who isn't able to see a mental health professional for one reason or another, I want you to know that I see you, and I don't think any less of you for it. Now, I don't believe in gatekeeping information. I believe in the accessibility of resources and the idea that knowledge should be open source. With that, I hope and pray that I would be finding ways to make mental health care more accessible for more people to see mental health professionals, but also for people to have access to alternatives. I can hope for health care to become more accessible, but I don't believe that I can merely hope and wait for things to get better and not look for present solutions because I don't know when change will come and tomorrow is not promised to us. We don't need help tomorrow. We need help. We need practical solutions right now today. So often I end my episodes without answers and solutions, but I wish to end with some manner of hope. Lastly, I would like to thank my friends who have encouraged me to be more open to share about my mental health and who prompt me to ask important questions and to help me to process things in a way that I would not be able to by myself alone. And to my friend especially who cared enough to inquire further when I was sharing about my depression it truly means a lot. Some time ago, this was before I had started seeing a therapist, so this would have been about four years ago, give or take, I brought up with a friend that I had been depressed. It was sort of a passing comment. Uh, they had shared their family's Hulu account with me, and I thanked them. I told him how much I appreciated it, and I told him that I had been depressed, 
and that being able to watch shows was really helpful for me. I wanted to share my appreciation, but I also wanted to tell this friend that I had been struggling. And again, this was long enough ago now that my memory of it is a bit hazy, but I remember him being glad that this was helpful, but he didn't say much more than that. And with how I said it, maybe he thought that it was in the past and that I was doing better, but even so, he didn't inquire further and ask me what was going on, and I just remember that being incredibly hurtful. I don't blame him so much now. With the way that the word depression gets thrown around, he might have thought that I was just sad about something. I feel like people can use the word sad and depression interchangeably, but this was also earlier on when I was less experienced with sharing my feelings with others. If I were to talk with him now, rather than being vague, simply saying that I was depressed, I would have been more direct. And perhaps talking openly about your struggles hadn't really been modeled and demonstrated to him. Perhaps they thought that they were being modest, that they didn't want to come off as nosy or trying to pry into my business. But regardless, it doesn't change the way that I felt, and again, at the time, I found his actions to be hurtful. I found that some relationships are just more shallow than others. As Leah Johnson and I shared in my 27th episode, Bodies of Water, and this to me was an example of that. I think that I'd known that our relationship didn't run very deep, but I feel that this incident kind of solidified for me that this was not going to be the person that I would be going to to share about my feelings. He wasn't simply a bad friend. It just came to a point when I realized that he just wasn't the kind of friend that I needed. And as I shared with my 38th entry, Fishing for Companionship, which you can find on my site, Relationships are a process, people aren't machines, and people are not things to be coerced and manipulated. It can feel like a bitter defeat to try and make friends, only to come to the realization that those friends that you've made aren't going to be there for you in the ways that really matter. To reach rock bottom and find that the people that you normally surround yourself with are nowhere to be found, it can be really hard not to take that personally. For comparison, what matters to me is that I had one friend who showed genuine desire to ask questions to better understand, and I had another friend who did not. And just so you know that I'm not simply pointing fingers and throwing others under the bus, I acknowledge that I've been the friend that wasn't there when I was needed. I've been the friend who didn't offer the kind of support that was needed most. And I'm terribly sorry to those I've hurt and whom I've let down. I like to think that with each passing year that I've been learning and growing, and that I'm not the same person that I was. With that, life is in flux. People change, circumstances change, for the worse and for the better. There's a coming and going, like ocean waves coming in and going out. When friendships fail, when people let us down, it's hard not to take it to heart. But I'm reminding myself here that even though there are times that I feel unloved, it doesn't mean that I'm not lovable. Just because friendships fail and people have let me down, doesn't mean that there's something wrong with me. This is just a part of life. Just because things didn't always work out in the past, doesn't mean that there won't be people in the future to come along who surprise me and show me the kind of love, compassion, and support that I've never before thought possible. In The Lord of the Rings, it is written, It is said to me that I should find friendship upon the way, secret and unlooked for. Certainly I look for no such friendship as you have shown. To have found it turns evil to great good. Again it is written, Yet twice blessed is help unlooked for, and never was a meeting of friends more joyous, nor indeed more timely. 
You come none too soon, my friend. Much loss and sorrow has befallen us. End quote. So it is that much loss and sorrow has befallen us, but what a blessing it is for such a time and place, for the season that we find ourselves in, to discover true companions, who brought help which we did not even think to look for. With that, I'm going to end the conversation here for now. Thank you as always for joining me to consider and contemplate these things with me. Until next time, stay well and take care. Thank you for tuning in to Mike the Mike. If you have any comments or have a suggested topic for a future episode, or if you would like to inquire about joining me on the podcast, you can email me at beckm.podcast at gmail.com, or you can direct message me on Instagram at mikethemike.fm. You can find all those addresses mentioned, as well as any related links and citations for this episode listed in the episode's description.